Today, I brought my wife, Leah, on the show, and it was great. We actually got to talk a little bit about this book I've been reading lately called Love Your Enemies and about how this applies in marriage, how it applies to politics, and really in anything uh, today, and especially as a musician who wants to unite people, I think this is a very important topic. We actually shared this with our uh, Marriage Encounter group who meets once a month on Saturdays, and I thought I'd share it for you too. So without further ado, let's get rocking and rolling. So today we're going to talk about a fun topic, which is love your enemies. So actually this all came from Leah. We've been listening to the Father John Ricardo podcast, and he talked about this book called Love Your Enemies. And so Leah recommended that I read it, and I've been really loving it. I just finished the book, and Leah's been reading it along with me. Do you have anything to say about the book? Sure. The book is geared toward people having political discussions. So written mm -hmm. in this year, 2020, or it might have been written in 2019. 2019, yes. But in response to the political climate, the subtitle is How Decent People Can Save America from a Culture of Contempt. So contempt is the word, and we see that a lot in our politics. And of course, we can apply it to personal relationships, certainly to marriage and any situation, any relationship where we vehemently disagree with someone, uh, maybe about legitimately very important topics, but rather than approaching our so-called enemy with love and respect, we tend to approach them with contempt and we see them as having uh, ulterior motives or uh, bad intentions or that they're inherently evil or stupid. That's definitely what we see in politics and what we can often see in marriage. So something interesting about the book is that they quote and have interviewed John Gottman, who has an institute in, I think, California or Seattle or something with his wife. Seattle, yeah. And they are psychologists and they've observed couples, hundreds of couples over the last decades have a conversation about a difficult topic. And they take notes about how this couple interacts while they talk about whatever they are disagreeing about. So they're having, they're all having a difficult conversation, but how do they have that difficult conversation? They might be angry at each other, but anger they found is not what really tears the couples apart. Anger can be a good thing if dealt with productively and can bring the couple closer together because uh, the higher purpose of anger is to try to resolve something that's wrong in a situation. So that can be a good thing if dealt with properly. But what they found is that contempt is what tears couples apart. And by watching couples interact during a difficult conversation and interaction for an hour, they actually predict with like 90% certainty whether that couple will still be married in 10 years. So it's pretty interesting how they can tell that much. And these are a variety of age of couples. <clears throat> so we wanted to delve deeper into this topic when it comes to our own marriage and to try to make other couples more aware of, do you have contempt in your marriage uh, at times uh, or as a rule? Do you not? How do you disagree? And we wanted to think about how do we disagree and especially when it comes to a topic that maybe there's an impasse. It's been really hard for me, 
I think throughout my marriage to come to terms with the fact that there are just some topics that won't be solved. And I think it's, it's maybe easier to understand when we think about it through the lens of politics is that some political disagreements, people will never change their mind on. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. We're not going to convert everyone to think in one way. And our goal, it shouldn't be to make everybody think about everything in one way. So diversity of thought is okay. And in marriage, where Josh and I are two very different people, and there are certain topics that have come up over the years that we seem to be at an impasse on. And it's been hard for me to discern what really needs to be solved and what needs to be perhaps managed and understood better, but accepted that it's not going to be solved ever, maybe. Right. And I think this topic is especially important, you know, me being a musician, a music school owner, and just, just my temperament is very much calm. I like to get along with everyone. And when I think about the idea of love your enemies, it sounds like a great idea, but I was thinking about it, you know, before even reading the book, uh, and I was like, I don't really have any enemies. There's really no one who I wish ill. There's no one who I have some big fight with. And any argument that there's been, I've kind of been able to dissipate it. However, I think what really helped me to really understand the depth of when Jesus says, love your enemies, what makes it even more radical is when I realize that anyone can be my enemy because I now define an enemy is anyone who disagrees with me, anyone who comes into conflict with me. So in essence, who, who, do I, who is my number one enemy is actually myself. Because how often do I disagree with myself? How often am I in conflict with myself? And then the number two person is my spouse, my wife. You know, because we interact so often, there are likely to be many things that we disagree with and many things that we come into conflict with. So loving my enemy really means loving my neighbor and loving myself. And that is the thing what is so radical about this statement, which is why I love what you see behind us, Mother Teresa. Three things in human life are important. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. The third is to be kind. It sounds like it's some nice platitude, but really being kind is one of the most radical things you can do. You know, a lot of times people think that being a true man or a true woman means this or that or the other. But I think a true man, a true woman is someone who is kind, even to those who disagree with them, even to their opposition. You know, and I love that this too, um, I intentionally wore this shirt today. You've got Jesus in the middle, you got Superman, uh, the Hulk, Batman, all these superpower superheroes. And here Jesus is saying, and that's how I, and that's how I saved the world with his Bible. You know, Jesus didn't have to kill anyone. He didn't have to show all this magical power that he had. What made Jesus radical was the way that he forgives, the way that he loves, even those who oppose him. And that is why I think this topic is so important. In, in marriage, but I think just in life as a way to live is loving your enemies, loving those who disagree with you, loving those who come in conflict with you. And again, who's the number one person who that is? Yourself, <laughs> at least in my case, maybe you don't come into conflict with yourself as much as I do. Um, well, I think by you saying coming in conflict with yourself, it's like the scriptures say, why do I do the things I don't want to do? And I do the things I don't why do I do the things I don't want to do? And why don't I do the things that I do want to do? Right. So the, the will and the flesh are often in conflict and the line between good and evil, as they say, is, is across every human heart. So we all have capacity for good and we have capacity for evil. 
So in that sense, we are always battling against ourselves because there's that, that spiritual battle within. Another point I wanted to mention or, or uh, point out that Josh said is a sign like this, especially in our home, is very impactful. Of course, after a while, it's, it's just a decoration and it kind of blends into the beige wall and we forget that it's there and you know forget to take it seriously. But I think it's so much more often straightforward to love our enemies when they are perhaps people on Facebook that we're having a political back and forth with or someone that we really don't know, we're holding at arm's length. There's not really strings attached. And we can tolerate a lot more sometimes when we only see someone once or in a small dose. Uh, but when it's in our own home and we see our spouse all the time, we see our kids all the time, it, it can become as simple as daily routine, daily irritations, habits, behaviors that if you saw those same habits and behaviors in someone that you just have lunch with for an hour, once every four months, well, you can tolerate it even if it's annoying, but when it's in your face, even small disagreements can be very difficult to manage with love. So, I mean, I'll, I'll challenge myself to read this sign a little more frequently and actually take it uh, to prayer and take it, you know, to ask God for grace to be more kind and to be more loving uh, during those daily episodes of irritation or disagreement. And last thing I'm going to say before I really want to bring us to, we have a question that we're going to pose um, and we're going to answer our, our response to this question as well. I'm just thinking of how to how best to pose what I'm going to say. Um, but yes, it's it's important to be kind. And I think as it pertains to loving loving my enemies, which is I think what this is, if not if you remember nothing else about what we say, this I think is one of the most important things to practice, especially now during this time of the pandemic, during this time of an election cycle, during this time where on the surface it looks like we're more divided than ever. <laughs> is loving my enemy, I think the, the best way I can think of distilling this down is to do unto others as I would have them do unto me, right? So it's, it's amazing to me that, like Leah said, those people who I might go to lunch with, those people who I think about my students, I think about all these people in my life, many people who know me would think of me as this wonderful, nice, great person. I mean, maybe not everyone does, but I'm sure most people know me as someone who really cares, likes to compliment people. But when I think about the things that I've said to myself, when I think of some of the things I've done to myself, when I think about some of the things I've said to my wife or done, it's really awful and horrible and no one should ever do or say those things to any other human being. And why is it that to the person who I love the most, I have in many ways caused the most harm? And that's why I think that this idea of loving my enemy is really no different than loving my neighbor. And I think it's, frankly, I think one of the most important questions, one of the most important parts of my everyday life is how can I love my neighbor? How can I love my enemy um, every day and grow in that? How can I change for the better every day? And, and I know I paused for a while and it may have seemed like I lost my train of thought. And I think it's more just the reality that I think this is such a difficult topic for me, it seems so beautiful and wonderful, but I think when it comes to 
daily life, it is very challenging. And it's, it's hard to come to terms with the reality that I and many of us fall so short of the ideal. We, we just are not as perfect as we'd love to be. I know my sister and I talk about this all the time, but I wish I was more perfect. I wish I didn't fall short so often, but that is the reality of the human experience. And obviously God gave us this life and made us the way we were for a reason. So that brings us to our question, which Leah wonderfully helped me come up with a better way of articulating it. It might seem like a mouthful, but I think it's important. It needs to be very specific, this question. So um, this is the question I'm going to pose is, how can I love my spouse during a disagreement, especially a disagreement that becomes an impasse and seems unsolvable? How do I feel about that? Now, I'm going to repeat the question. Now, this could apply really to anyone. I could say my spouse, my, my daughter, my son, my friend. For this, for this right now, I want to really focus on how can I love my spouse during a disagreement, especially a disagreement that becomes an impasse and seems unsolvable. How do I feel about that? And I would especially challenge you, um, if you're answering this question, to avoid platitudes and things that sound nice. And I actually did include some platitudes in my answer. Um, but I think this is really a question worth sitting with and really practicing in daily life. I don't have a perfect answer, but I would love to come up with a better and better answer every day of how to answer this specific question, which is how can I love my spouse during a disagreement, especially a disagreement that becomes an impasse and seems insolvable? How do I feel about that? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'll go first. Dear Josh, today I appreciate you watching Xavier while I went to lunch with Anne, whom I hadn't seen in a long while. During a disagreement with you, I often feel extremely frustrated and misunderstood, even more so when it comes to those few issues that we seem to be at an impasse on and never move forward in our attempts to communicate and solve the issue, I feel desperate and defeated. These feelings usually lead to an unpleasant and prolonged argument that one of us abruptly just shuts down at some point. I see you as my, quote, enemy in such cases. I need grace from God to love you in such cases by listening more, assuming your good intentions, and recognizing that we often have shared goals, even if we have different approaches or priorities. Then I hope I can strive to understand, even if I don't agree, and see that it's okay to not always agree, even long term, on some topics. I feel willing, but also tired when thinking about enacting these new behaviors. I feel tired, like I'm not sure if all my prayers and efforts will make a difference. I feel tired, like when I spend a lot of time giving help and feedback to a student and he or she doesn't improve in the next assignment. I feel tired thinking of the daily grind, which is tiring enough, and then making these changes on top of it. Feeling is 8.5 out of 10. Love, Leah. <laughs> That seems like such a passionate kiss. That's part of the protocol, right? <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go next. Thank you for sharing, Leah. You're welcome. Dear Leah, I appreciate you bringing me breakfast this morning. I had a meeting at San Anastasia, and Leah was awesome and understanding. Uh, bringing our dialogue journals. They're great. Um, and helping me develop a powerful dialogue question. Again, most of that question and its strength came from Leah because she is really good at articulation. Also, thank you for busting my chops in a good way. Uh, this question challenges me. It would be easy to offer platitudes or nice ways to overcome an impasse. 
Yet I found that platitudes rarely are enough to overcome a real issue that we face in the moment. I've experienced the most joy in our relationship when I intuitively acted in a way that I knew would bring you joy and show I care. I experienced the most joy when we laugh, discuss, and play together. I think my last sentence was improper grammar. I'm sure Leah will point it out, but that's okay. Anyway, I also love when we work on projects that align with our strengths. When we have a disagreement or impasse, I have a choice to make. Whether I dig, whenever I have dug further into my position, criticized you, criticized your character or dismissed your concerns, I have made the conflict worse. This is always the case. I have never won an argument ever by criticizing Leah or attacking her character. However, whenever I've listened deeply to your concerns and made changes with a joyful spirit, we have both experienced more joy. Uh, thank God for those moments that for whatever reason, I was able to listen um, to what Leah was saying, even if it hurt. And even more amazing, I wish this happened more. It doesn't happen as much as I wish it did. But when I not only can hear your concerns, but when I actually have like this motivation that actually leads me to like make the change. And even better than that is like the few times when not only do I make the change one time, but I create a new habit that actually makes our marriage better. Oh, I just wish that were easier, but I digress. Okay, therefore, I love you during a disagreement by taking responsibility in the moment for my role to listen, validate, and affirm your concerns. I love you during a disagreement by taking responsibility for my role to change for the better, both in word and action. So every time um, we're at home and I'm going to go change, I say, hey, Leah, I'm going to go upstairs and change. And she says, for the better, I hope. And it's yes, a great reminder. Anyway, I feel empowered. I think my dad came up with that one when I was a kid <laughs> and it stuck. I feel empowered. I feel empowered like it is always within my control to love you regardless of the circumstances. I feel empowered like I am the captain of my destiny. I feel empowered like when I remember that the better I become as a man, a child of God, a communicator, and a servant leader, the greater our marriage prospers. Now, I didn't give that, I didn't rate my feeling. I'd probably say it's an eight out of 10. Um, our role in our marriage is to change for the better daily. Love, Josh. <laughs> so okay. that's that was our letter for the day and i think just kind of drive this point home uh topic for today is about loving your enemies and and your enemy is not just this person who you wish ill but i i think that your enemy is anyone who disagrees with you or comes in conflict with you including yourself and your spouse and that can be the most frequent person because they're probably the most frequent person in your space. And when someone's in your space, then you can often uh, result in conflict, both small, medium, and large conflicts. So acknowledge that sometimes your spouse is your enemy. Sometimes you're the enemy of your spouse. That's not a bad thing, but how are we going to love each other through that is really what's going to make our marriage the strongest. And sounds like a lecture but you know, it's yeah. something that we work on every yeah. day and fail at a lot yes. so we have to turn to God and our Blessed Mother first and foremost and ask for help and for Mary to multiply our efforts as meager and pathetic as they are sometimes right. so yes and so the question to, to leave you with um, again in this instance we focused on my spouse 
Um, but I'm going to now extend the question and just say, how can I love my neighbor during a disagreement, especially a disagreement that becomes an impasse that seems unsolvable? How do I feel about that? I think this is a good question to ponder on a daily basis, is how can I love my neighbor, my enemy during a disagreement? All right, that's all we have. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. God bless. And remember three things. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Thank you for listening to the j Podcast. Please leave a five-star review because you are awesome. Thank you again. And please leave a five-star review.